This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Remain blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we thank you. We appreciate you for who you are and what you do. We thank you, Father, because we belong to you. You own us true and true, and it's by your word that we exist. Father, we thank you for all that you have called us to do and for all that you have called us to be a part of. We thank you that it is by you that we live and that we have our being. Father, we know that it's by your design that we are here today. And it's purposefully because you have something in stock for every one of us that are here today. Lord, we pray that your word will come forth to us in this season. And we all will be blessed by reason of what we would hear from you today. Father, we pray, O Lord, that you have your way expressly. Lord, we pray that everything that you would not have us, I mean, have given us, will not be a part of today's service. That every part of today's service will bless somebody. And our lives at the end of the day will be a true testimony of what you, God, have done in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We worship you. We give you glory and praise, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Please let's have our seats in the presence of the Lord this, mo- this evening. Thank you very much. It's a privilege to be here. Uh, I want to appreciate uh, Pastor Diolu for setting me up. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's, it's always interesting when um, you believe that all you're doing is just escorting your pastor to another place to just um, minister to him and be a part of ensuring that he has all the needs. Uh, but when you now get there and then you have a responsibility to to hold a microphone <laughs> is usually not what, what is expected. But you know, um, we are God's servants, and one of the things that he coaches and trains us to do is to be ready in and out of season. All right? Uh, and, I mean, that's what life is about. You know, in school, they tell us when exam is coming. On Monday now, my children will start exams. We already know. We are preparing with them. We are revising. But in life, life does not tell us when exam is coming. Life hits you, something happens. You don't know. You get a call from your wife that uh, one of your daughters has a temperature, and you have to think on your feet or what to do. Yesterday, I got a call that one of my girls was trying to open the door for the mom, and then she ripped the, <laughs> the handle of the door. And I told the mother, okay, go ahead and call the carpenter and fix it. As in, <laughs> there's nothing you want to do. You won't leave the door open. You know, so the exams of life come at you without giving you preparation. Yeah? Uh, if you need to spend one million, two million tomorrow, you, would do, you might not know today. Yeah? And if you don't have systems that you can tap on to ensure that one million comes out, then tomorrow it will be a test that you weren't prepared for. And I think the best preparation for life in our secondary school and all was those tests that the teacher would just come into class and say, test your paper. And those were not the tests that we liked. <laughs> those were the tests that we dreaded the most. Yeah? So those lecturers that come to your class and say, test your paper, they are the ones that you don't want them to come. Because when they are coming, you have to quickly study and check. <laughs> but prepare the ones that will tell you, okay, next two weeks there will be a CA test. Prepare yourself. Okay, but thank God uh, that we have 
teachers and trainers who, who are courageous enough to raise you and train you for life. And, you know, that's somebody that Pastor Adelu is. Please, I'd like you to help me appreciate him uh, in our lives. All right. And so I'll have the privilege of just laying the foundation today of sharing a couple of things uh, that God has laid in my heart. And I understand that the topic of our deliberation will be that there is no scarcity in the kingdom. Yeah. And some of the things that have been said here today already drives home uh, the point and the understanding that our God is a God of abundance. And one of the things that uh, Pastor Mrs. mentioned when she was here, and I'd like to appreciate her as well for the privilege and opportunity as well, uh, Pastor Mrs. Fumi Ashaolu. She's somebody I respect so much from a distance, and, you know, those opportunities that we have to exchange uh, messages here and there, primarily business, uh, even, even in business, it's very good to be able to see that people you know, um, hold God in high esteem, and God is the center of their life, even in business. Okay, and like we we're discussing earlier today, your life is not is not partitioned. Yeah, if people cannot perceive God in the way you do business, then you are not really a child of God. If people cannot enter into your family and perceive that this person is connected to a higher power, that the people can perceive that is God then there's a question as to what kind of Christianity have you believed. And so the true test of our lives is when our Christianity is not limited to religion, or is not even religion at all, is a function of how we live our lives on a daily basis. Which is the reason why in talking about scarcity and abundance and God, we will realize that you cannot limit that understanding we cannot limit that understanding to spirituality. And we will get to find out. Okay? I hope we all know that our Bible is not the book of spirituality. It's the book of life. Are we together? And your life must be all about what God has said in his word because his word brought everything to life in the first place. Okay? So, as we progress in this conversation, the conversation is about understanding that there is no scarcity in the kingdom of God. And if we are talking about lack of scarcity, and we are talking about the kingdom of God, understand that this topic is not saying there is no scarcity at all. It doesn't say that there is nothing like scarcity. There is the word scarcity because our vocabulary needs to make room for the expression of scarcity. Because scarcity exists is the reason why the word itself exists. Okay, so it's possible for there to be scarcity. But understand that this topic is saying that there is no scarcity in the kingdom of God, which means that a space is already defined that we are con considering. A space is already defined that we are contemplating, and this is a domain on which God has his rule and his reign. Are we together? Now, we know that God rules and reigns in affairs of men and everywhere, but God is defining a space around Jesus, which is the reason why the kingdom we are considering is the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are we together? God is defining a space around his son, Jesus Christ, where a number of rules apply and a number of laws apply that is not identical to what applies in the system of the world. Are we together? Which is the reason why there must be a difference between you and I and the people of the world. 
That is the reason why when the confession of the people of the world is saying that our president is a useless person, your confession cannot afford to be that. When the people of the world are saying that, ah, there is no abundance because there is inflation, your confession and mine should not be that. Because in our own kingdom, it is not called Nigeria. Our own kingdom, it is not called earth. Our kingdom is the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we know that the rules that govern that kingdom are different from the rules that govern other people's lives. Are we together? And that is the reason why we have a primary assignment here today, and that assignment is to help us understand what really our assignment is. The biggest assignment that you will do in life is to understand what your assignment is. Are we together? And I hope that by God's grace today, we are going to drive this, we are going to steer this ship to the point where we will get an inclination to understanding what our assignment is. Hallelujah. Amen. But in starting today, um, you know, one of the scriptures that God dropped in my heart while I was looking at what we are going to talk about today is book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and from verse 6 to 8. The Bible says, but, I, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Are we together? Now, a very simple question. If you know that you would reap bountifully if you sow bountifully, I'm a mathematician like she read. <laughs> And in mathematics, there's, an, there's a sign called equal to. Yeah? If you put equal to between two equations, what it simply means, without exception, so if I say that it equal to this keyboard, whatever parameter of measurement I am using means that they are equal. It could be weights, for example. Because we know a pulpit is not a keyboard. So if we are using weight as a parameter, once I put equal to in the middle of two of them, it means that this um, pulpit is the same weight with the keyboard. Are we together? Without exception. Equal to means equal to. Which, which means in mathematics that whatever is on this side of the equation, however you look at it, must equate to what is on this other side of the equation. That's the reason why the equal to sign is in between. So if you know that sowing sparingly equal to reaping sparingly, and sowing bountifully equal to reaping bountifully, which one would you rather choose between sowing sparingly and uh, sowing bountifully? Bountifully. Are we together? But one of the reasons why we don't reflect what we read is primarily because we don't believe it. Are we together? You are seated comfortably on that chair because you believe the chair will hold you. The moment I give you reason to believe that those chairs are scams that you are sitting on, eh? and how can I convince you? Eh, for example, if I hold a remote control and I say, do you know I can make anybody fall here? And you say, ah, what, what are you trying to say? And I just say, okay, chair number five, snap, and then she falls, pram. <laughs> And then I said, chair number 18, snap. And then he falls, pram. And I said, so do you now believe? Should I call your chair? <laughs> you, <laughs> you will suddenly say, ah, sir, please don't call my chair. <laughs> I don't want to fall down. As a matter of fact, 
automatically you, you, start, you stop believing that those chairs can hold you because someone else is holding you. It is my remote that is holding you. So automatically, if I, if I say, okay, all chairs, before I finish the statement, everybody will stand up. <laughs> because what I'm about to say is all chairs snap. Are we together? So you now know that the belief is not in the chair, it is in my words. Are we together? So, many times, the reason why you are currently seated comfortably is because you believe that the chair can hold your weight. So your action is equal to your belief. One of the reasons why we don't act according to the word of God is because we don't believe the word of God. And we'll find out today that the biggest sin and the biggest error that combats our belief and our understanding about scarcity in the, in the kingdom of God is our belief. So, he says those who sow bountifully, reap bountifully. So, let each one of us give as he proposed in his heart. Now, an advice has been given. <laughs> if you want sparring results, give sparingly. If you want bountiful results, give bountifully. That's one of the things I like about God's word. God does not cajole anybody into doing anything. Both options exist. I played before you life and death. God created everything. <laughs> Are you together? So, but he's now saying that so let each one give as he has proposed in his heart. It's still your choice at the end of the day. So it will now come down to your belief. Which of the two you have believed? Your action will be a function of which of the two that you believe will create the outcome that you are looking for. Thank you. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Now, grace to do what you should do will abound towards you. Because what you should do is already defined. Are we together? So, nobody can say that I'm not able to do what I'm supposed to do because God has not given the grace. He has. So Bible says that God is able to make all grace yeah, abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things. And that's exactly what I want to point out. That the Bible says that you, having. It didn't say you may have. It didn't say you are assumed to have. It's saying that you, having, as a statement of certainty, are we together? So you having all sufficiency in all things. So it's an absolute statement that already makes you know that you already do have all sufficiency in all things. Nothing is an exception when you say all things. If I come into this space, and sometimes just English. If I come to this space and I say, all the chairs are good. If you sit down on any one of them and you fall down, you have a right to accuse me and challenge me. I can now say, oh, sorry, apart from that one. No, that means you were wrong in the first instance. You said, all the chairs are good. It means without an exception. So if the Bible is saying that you have all sufficiency in all things, it means in all things. 
And we know that the context that we are measuring here today is even in the giving of your substance. So you know that you will not lack what to give because God has made all grace abound to you to ensure that you can do everything that he demands of you to do. So already this scripture makes us know that the problem can never be with God. If you are not satisfied with where you are, you can never point a finger to God and say he is the reason why. Because God has made all, he has given you all sufficiency, everything, in all things. Hallelujah. Now, dictionary says scarcity is the shortage of supply. Shortage of supply. Meaning that this is how much I want, but I don't have as much I, or how much I need, but I don't have as much as I need because the supply is short. That is what scarcity means. It's as simple as that. And the opposite of scarcity is abundance. Are we together? The opposite of scarcity is abundance, which means that if we are going to consider the other side of scarcity, we are going to consider a word called abundance. Now, if we said that there is no scarcity in God's kingdom, it simply means that what applies in God's kingdom is the opposite of scarcity, which is abundance. So, God has already made abundance available in his kingdom. Somebody's mind is thinking, okay, so kilo shemi, why? <laughs> so what is the problem? If there's abundance in the kingdom and there is no scarcity in the kingdom, one of two things, is either I'm not part of the kingdom or there is scarcity in the kingdom. Is that not, I'm sorry because I study mathematics. These things are sometimes just straightforward. Hello? So, and you are thinking, you are I am a part of the kingdom. I still fell under the anointing last week. <laughs> Abby? Ah, I'm part of the kingdom. Myself and my husband still prayed for so, so, and so. And it happens. So, what is happening? I, I'm calling the name Jesus. I remember when I gave my life to him. I remember I can speak in tongues. I remember things that have happened in my life. I'm a part of the kingdom. Okay, even if I'm not a part of the kingdom. The Bible says that he that confessed. Okay, I confess now. I'm a part of the kingdom. <laughs> so now you are a part of the kingdom, but scarcity does not just disappear. It has not disappeared. So what's going on? I've told us that God will always let you have the options. But you know what? In his kingdom, in the kingdom of God, there is what God has made available and possible. Unfortunately, there is one who comes to steal and destroy. Whereas God comes so that we have life and have it in abundance. So many times, what we allow is that we allow the enemy to rob us of God's abundance. Not because God has not given us abundance. Are we together? And we're going to see how the enemy does the robbery of the abundance. But you know, the interesting thing is, 
from how God created the earth, you will know that God is God of abundance. Let me ask you a question. Of all the elements that were created in the book of Genesis chapter 1, eh? the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What now is in, is, in, is in scarce supply of all the things that were created? The first thing was, let there be light. Okay, let's even limit it to the physical elements of that, of that equation. Hello? Is light in scarce supply? Hello? Hello? Anywhere there's darkness, it's a choice. There is light. During the day, there's light, abundance of it. You don't need touch light. Hello? At night, whatever you need for light, God has given man the wisdom to produce as many. So now, if we switch off all the lights, this place will be dark, isn't it? But imagine how much light we have here. Why? Because there's abundance of light. <laughs> if a bulb dies here, we can go out and buy light. If you go to Mala, I want to buy light. He knows what to give you. Are we together? That book says God created the farmament. Have you ever seen scarcity of farmament? <laughs> water. He separated water. Have you seen scarcity of water? Come to Lagos. I'll take you to Oniru Beach. You will see water. Hello? In our homes, there's water. Everywhere, you can buy pure water. You can buy table water. Are we together? There's water. What else? God made all creeping things. Are there scarcity of creeping things? Open the windows. They will visit you. There's no scarcity of anything that God made. Are we together? Everything is in abundance. Listen. What has brought scarcity of the things you need is the system of the world that has ensured that they box us into a space where there must be scarcity for the kingdom of the world to, to thrive. Hello? Hello? What do you want? Food. Is there scarcity of food? Is there scarcity of food? Hello? There is no scarcity of food. <laughs> but the system of the world has ensured that food is scarce. Why? If you want to go to the bush to go and pluck mango, hello, you'll be afraid of headsmen. Because only you cannot be going in the bush alone. If there was no issue of security, what would be the problem of going to the bush? You know, I watch American movies, and I'll see a young 13-year-old girl carry bicycle and be driving into the woods. Only her. And in my mind, I'll be like, ha! Allah, 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 Nigeria, you. Can my 13-year-old daughter carry bicycle and be driving into the bush? Eh? You just be driving into the bush, only her. Am I the only one that sees those kind of movies? I just saw one day for yesterday. Um, Jurassic World. And there was this girl, 14-year-old. She just carried bicycle and be riding. Of course, that one is science fiction. The dinosaurs and all that. It's not realistic. But even in the real movies where it is a reflection of what happens in their normal life, just see a young girl just walking in the woods. Only her. <laughs> life is nobody can come and catch me. Nobody will hold me. Life is abundant. Where is, where there's abundance. But it's the people, we the people, that have been corrupted by the enemy that create systems and make it difficult for abundance to thrive. Are we together? So normally, there is supposed to be no problem with you entering into the bush, 
plucking mango, plucking cashew to eat. You had food. It's even better food than what we cook in Domi. But there's abundance. I mean, there's scarcity because of the systems of the world. So God in creation created abundance. And listen, some of us have not really settled down to think about creation. The world that we live in has limited our understanding of God to, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then we just focus on the earth part of it, and then we know that there's water, there's permanent, you know, he separated this, he created the animals and all that. And then sometimes we don't put our minds to understand that the earth that we live in will fit into that small sun that we see, that small sun that we see over a million times. Hello? The sun is over one million times bigger than our earth. So if you think God has created the earth, it's a beautiful masterpiece. I'm sorry. You know what? You know what? There are over a billion other stars around this, only this Milky Way than the sun. If God opens your mind to see what science, information that science has put in place for what is possible in the realm of what God has created, which man has discovered, then you begin to understand gradually that God cannot be limited. Hello? Some of we men are fooling ourselves that the earth will not be habitable anymore. I'm wondering what they're talking about. So now, we are beginning to look for life somewhere else. In Mars. <laughs> They've tested a few planets. Are we together? They should go. <laughs> eh? Here, there's the abundance. <laughs> are we together? Now, in creation alone, we know that God created abundance. So where does the problem come from? Where does the problem come from? We know that God has created abundance. And we know that abundance is not necessarily a function of material resources. Are we together? Because my Bible teaches me by reason of our, um, our brothers and sisters that lived in the days that were recorded as the Bible. Hello? You better believe that there was somebody called Isaac. You better believe that there was truly somebody called Joseph. Because we are entering into a world today where young people are easily confused. And it looked like somebody just sat down and beautifully crafted a story and gave everybody, every one of us to believe. But no, it does exist. I am eager of when I will meet Elijah. And the kind of person he is. Ha, ha, Baba, they don't go vex you small, you don't call fire. Ha! Now, wow. <laughs> eh? Show me how you call fire. Because we in Isaiah movie with the water. <laughs> you know? So I, I, I'm looking forward. And one of the reasons why I know, I know. Bible says in the, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus Christ was there play, praying. Two appeared to him. Who? Moses and Elijah. Peter saw it. Eh? 
He said, ha, 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 master, let's not even leave this place. Let's just stay there. Your sin is abundant. Let's just stay here. Build uh, a monument. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Mojot day. <laughs> it's sweet. The heavenly presence was so sweet. It was so lovely. He couldn't imagine life outside that place. It was so beautiful. He just said, Kai, Kilotiri, what have you seen? Much more. Are we together? So Moses and Elijah can still appear to Jesus. Peter saw them. They can appear, even to me. <laughs> in fact, I know that they exist. We will meet. Bible talks about Abraham. Eh? And the um, uh, Lazarus, the poor man. Are we together? Yeah. Yeah, we will meet with Jam Abraham. In his bosom, we will see him. In my own bosom, I will see Abraham in his own bosom. Are we together? <laughs> Amen? Amen? So you better believe. And in reading about all the men that came before us and of Jesus, we begin to see already God's abundance operating in people's lives. And an example is a man called Isaac. That the equation of abundance is not necessarily about material resources. It's because someone like Isaac demonstrated to us that there is what you will carry and material resources will continue to respond to you. Hello? Hello? Isaac lived amongst a people. And one way or the other, he dug a well and it was taken away from him. Abundance mentality, if you meet people that have abundance mentality, you will know. I do a kind of business, for example, you know, network marketing. We have someone say, eh, eh, they stole my downline. <laughs> Still the downline, don't worry. It's not the downline. You, you understand? You start a business. This somebody has stolen your idea. Steal the idea. Don't worry. God has blessed you with that idea. Take it. Go and do it. Eh? Ex because what is in me is not about that idea. Where that idea came from. You see, some of us now, it's not a scarcity of idea. Idea yapa is plenty. Ideas is too much. Hello? There's an abundance of ideas. It is building something out of the ideas. That is the work. Are we together? So, some people's life ends when somebody steals the idea. That's the, that's the end. You keep telling his great-grandchildren stories of how he started a business, somebody stole his idea. Oga? They stole your idea. Uh -huh. <laughs> Do you understand? How many business know? Who is the richest man in the world now? Eh? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Did he start with what he's doing currently? No. There's idea. In fact, without stealing the idea, people move away from ideas. <laughs> because of bigger ideas. Are we together? You, they stole just one idea. Your life ended. Why? So you now see men will be telling you stories of 1962. Because somebody stole his idea is the problem. You see people telling you stories of 1983. Because something happened, that was the end. But you see men carry the seed of Jesus, men who God live in the inside, who belong to the kingdom of God, understanding that life is not a function of 
and the, um, and the materials substance that is around me, but there is something that is my inside that I carry that ensures that there's an abundance of everything I need. And it's the reason why Isaac will dig a well, they will take it from him, and then he will move away from there and dig another well. What happens, they will take that one too. Because what happens is once it is no longer Isaac's well, then there's capacity for the well to dry up. Hello? And if you think it's only about Isaac, wait until there was a young man called Jacob where his master dealt unfairly with him. He did not pay the master back in his own coin. No. The Holy Spirit gave him an idea of how to ensure that he would live there hands full, not empty-handed. Are we together? In, in, in his master's mind, he was ready to free Jacob empty-handed. Are we together? Go and check the equation. Go and check the equation. The equation has it that the, the animals that were supposed to be Jacob's animal were the weaker ones. Hello? And they were the fewer ones. The spotted and speckled were the fewer ones. If not for the wisdom of God, that guy would have left that place empty-handed technically. But God gave him wisdom. He gave him ideas, gave him understanding. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, there is abundance. Even where it looks like it doesn't exist, God gives us the capacity to create because we are co-creators with him. The biggest thing anybody can have in life is God's word. Listen, the Bible says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Hello? The Bible says that there was nothing that was made that was not made by him. That's where we know that God's word is not a thing. It's Jesus Christ himself. Hello? And we know that we have him on our inside as, mem as people, as children of his kingdom. Are we together? Which means that the substance that put everything to creation, the substance that made everything that we see today live in our inside. Hello? It means that if there's a scarcity of anything, it must be our fault. It must be that we are not putting that substance to use. Now, as I rush here today, we realize that the biggest problem is not the enemy. Because, of course, we know in the, in the, in, in the body of Christ that we have so elevated the devil so much that we make a big deal out of nothingness. As a matter of fact, there are people who gather together every day to kill and die, kill and die, and continue to pray for die, 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 kill and die, fire, die, die. And it's all, the life is about the enemy. And sometimes, you know, I, I saw a comedy recently, I don't know when, where somebody says, okay, there's this comedy where husband and wife are praying, and then the wife prays that, God should take away, I mean, the husband prayed that God should take away all his problems. And then the wife disappeared. Boom. <laughs> God, husband says, Lord, take away all my problems. And God says, okay, let me take her away. And then he took the wife away. So now, what are you left with? 
Because the life without problem is the life without woman. I'm sorry, no, I'm just, I was just joking. <laughs> I was just kidding. Anyway, but we see that we have made a big deal out of the enemy. And not realizing that the enemy has no power over anybody that is already redeemed of God. The only thing that the enemy does for the children of God is to help us disbelieve what God has told us. The devil cannot take away what God has given you. He can't touch you. Just go and read the story of Job and you will know. You will know that the reason why we, we are the way we are is because God protects us. Are we together? And the devil has no permission to touch whom God has created, I mean, what God has protected, without God's permission. And God is not in the, in the business of assign, I mean, approving for the enemy to touch anybody. That one was just recorded for us to, to, to read the story of Job and see what happened. It's not like every now and then the devil go, God, God, I see me now, I'm passing now. Because in that particular story, it was just a, I mean, the way the story was written, you know that it was just, it was just an occurrence, a single occurrence. It's not like it happens all, every now and then. The devil was doing ragba, ragba the way he normally does. Rada, rada, up and down. And God says, ah, <laughs> come, come, come. What did they do? He said, I'm coming from to and fro. God said, ah, to and fro. That means I pass through where Job is. Did you see my servant Job? God called him my servant Job. I have my emblem on him. He's mine. He said, eh, eh, nah. How will I not see him? I saw him now. But we cannot touch him because you have built a edge of fire around him. Because, eh, eh. So you think it's because of that edge of fire that you cannot touch him. You can't really touch him. And they will say, okay, give us opportunity to touch him. So the devil cannot do what God does not approve. Hello? If you think the enemy, the devil, is the, is the problem that you have, you must be saying that God has approved the enemy, so that God has done you bad thing. That's what you are saying. So the devil does not have approval to touch anybody, any one of us. So the devil, the devil is looking at many of us and saying, Take, what is wrong with this one now? They are just accusing me for what I'm not doing. Not be me. It's not me. You understand? The devil, the devil does not know what you are talking about. He said, it's the devil. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that you were there. Eh? Where were you? Where were me not where? <laughs> I didn't know that you were there. I didn't know. That's it. But you know what the enemy does is he begins to try to change or alter your understanding or ensure that you don't even have understanding at all of what God has made available. And that is the reason why the biggest problem that we have and that we can ever have is when we don't believe what God has said. In the book of Numbers 13, the Bible says that Moses sent 12 spies. Are we together? And there were 12 of them. Two of them had the seed of God inside them. They had an understanding of God's abundance, understanding well that if God has promised to give us this land, I see nobody. I know they see you. I can't see you. I see nobody. Look, 
Let me tell you, if you go read that story very well, Numbers 13, you will see that the report of the other 10 guys, eh? Eh, it's not like they lied, though. It, 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 those guys were not trying to discourage others from going to take the land. Eh? They were saying what they saw. Okay, imagine Don't let us go there, sir. You see those girls, those guys? We were like grasshoppers in their eyes, as in hefty men, strong men, ready for battle. There's no way we can match them. As a matter of fact, the gimmick that we use, as in they say, don't see, is there no other land? <laughs> God should give us somewhere else. <laughs> that place, that place, God really wants to wipe us out. That's why he brought us out of Egypt. You know, children of, us kept, children of Israel kept on saying that God eh, wanted to just wipe them away. That was all this. Just leave us inside Egypt. Let's be doing the one we are doing in Egypt. Now, they went to spy the land. Ten others didn't have the seed of God's abundance in them. They didn't believe. And, you, and it helps us see that we confess God's abundance not because we are seeing it, but because we know that there is no scarcity in the kingdom. But because we know that in the kingdom of God, we believe God's reports, not what we see. And that is the reason why Nigeria inflation is rising, God's people should be thriving. Pastor was discussing with me of a business idea. And I didn't tell him. But in my mind, I'm like, yes. This is where we should be found. This is where we should be. There is, there is so much problem in the land. People are confused. Go and, look at, go and read the report of the kind of crowd that Jesus Christ saw. In, I think it was Luke 12. Bible says they were endless. Like sheep without shepherd. That is the description, the CV of the world. Remember, they didn't profile any of them. There are wealthy people among them. There are wealthy people among them. They were poor people, yes, but they were wealthy people among them. But a group description of that set says that they were aimless, like sheep without shepherd. There are so many people living in good countries, the countries you want to relocate to, that are aimless in life. There is what people call abundance around them. So they have access to water, they have access to electricity, they have access to ABC, house, housing, healthcare, everything. But their life still lacks meaning. They are still aimless and living as sheep without shepherd. So, what should our responsibility be as children of God? Many of us are unfortunately grouped in that set. So in that set, our country is just a subset. I'm talking in mathematical terms again, Abby. I'm sorry. Our country is just a subset. So UK is just better than us because of their color and a few benefits in their country. They are also aimless and like sheep without shepherd, the same way we have them here. So in wherever you find yourself, 
The aimless and sheep without shepherd of Nigeria, they relocate to UK and US, and they become a UK aimless and sheep without shepherd. Because it's not a function of where you live. I know someone, somebody saying, hey, let me go and be aimless and sheep without shepherd. <laughs> let me go and be aimless and sheep without shepherd. <laughs> it's better than aimless and sheep without shepherd. Inside aimlessness and sheep without shepherd of everybody. I'm sorry, but yeah? Let God, let God lead you. Let God lead you. Let God open your eyes to understand that the abundance is what we carry on our inside. Is what we carry on our inside. And the reason why you and I are not enjoying that abundance the way we should is because of what we have believed. And if you, if you doubt that you don't believe or, or you don't disbelieve what God has told us or what God has said, check your, your communication in the next two days. The wife says, ah, we need money to buy this thing. You say, ah, I gave you 20,000. He said, ah, the last time I gave you, you bought oil of, of 14,000. Now oil is 20,000. He said, yes, so oil of course. He said, ah, this country is safe. So your communication will begin to show you what you believe. In this same land, no matter how tight and terrible things are, you see, the Bible did not say if your country is a good country, if you sow uh, bountifully, you will reap bountifully. It didn't qualify the kind of country. It didn't qualify the kind of environment. It didn't qualify the kind of soil. An understanding of what was said there, you will know that is your belief that will determine what kind of sowing you will do. So the real problem is our own belief. The real problem is that we don't understand the kind of kingdom that we are. Ha! Okay. Some things came to mind, but they will take our time. <laughs> so let's go. Now, inside this terrible situation that we live in on earth, because the earth is decaying. You know what? You can't stop it. You can't stop it. Things will continue to go the way it's going. But God has made a provision for us in the middle of it to be light. And light is much more appreciated the thicker the darkness. And that is the reason why the darkness will continue to go thicker. That's the destiny of creation. Everything is depreciating. But redemption has already been called out of creation and we have a different destiny. And Part of our destiny is continuous abundance. Are we together? So, by reason of what we carry, we have already been called into God's marvelous light out of darkness. Are we together? And Christ has given us a responsibility 
to not chop alone in this journey of God's kingdom. God has given us an assignment to bring other people into his kingdom. As a matter of fact, Jesus, after 40 days, 40 extra days of physically being domiciled on earth, and his disciples could see him. Okay? He gave a charge, Matthew 28. He said, now that the Father has, as the Father has commissioned him, so he has commissioned us now to go into the earth and make disciples of all nations, marking them by baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says, I will be with you as you do this day after day after day. It is as we do the assignment that he has given us that he has also given us a promise to be with us. It is as he has, it, as he has as we are doing the assignment that he has given us, that he has promised us his presence day after day after day. As a matter of fact, talking to his disciples also, Jesus Christ said, anything you ask me in line of what I am doing is supplied. Listen, when you enlist to be a part of God's kingdom, eh? It is not just enlisting and getting a name. You change address, but in the address of God's kingdom, our identity, we are, we are soldiers. Hello? We are soldiers. And when you find a soldier that has big belly and is just throwing around town, anyhow, you will know that this one is a retired soldier. <laughs> He's no longer a soldier. Eh? <laughs> eh? <laughs> Are we together? He's a retired soldier. He's no longer a soldier. One of the ways you know a proper soldier is that you don't his slap because he still fits and on point. His slap can change your destiny. He is very on point. And how do you remain fit and on point? There are certain things that you do on a daily basis. In God's kingdom, listen, God said that God is watching, every one of us. Eh? The axe is set beneath our tree. You don't need to be asking questions. The axe is there. Your tree is the axe is set beneath it. Hmm? The master is watching you for fruit. Once there's no fruit, do you know what? It was the master that planted. You are a part of the kingdom already. That's the reason why the master is expecting fruit. So it's not because you are not part of the kingdom. Eh? But is fruitlessness the master's provision? No. He has given everything that is required for you to bear fruit. Lack of fruit bearing is a choice. It's our own choice. So the master is there waiting for fruit. And then year one, year two, year three, there is no fruit. And you know what? In all the years, the master is pruning you. What the master is doing pruning you is you being angry that you are living in Nigeria. You are angry that things are happening to you. You're angry that there are challenges. 
Bible says it, count it all joy when you go through driver's trials and tribulations. He said, because in that is the working out of your true color. Hello? Hello? How many of us make our children academic champions by helping them to do the assignment? No. That's not the way to train them. The way to train a true academic champion is to load them with more assignments than they were given in school. <laughs> Somebody came to my house from the UK. He said one of the good things about the UK is that they don't, we are just stressing our children. So they don't give them assignments. I said, hey, 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 assignment. <laughs> so you want me to be excited? I come to the UK so that I will not be doing assignments. Have I complained to you about the assignment we are doing here? <laughs> Looking for all ways to just convince me that uh, UK is better than Nigeria. Oh, God, go and live in your UK. Is there any problem? Is there a problem there? <laughs> eh? Live in your UK. I, I am in my 1K. <laughs> ah, there's no problem there. So the master, the axe is being the tree. But you know what? Jesus is there advocating for you and I. Telling the master, let's prune it a bit more. Let's give it some more time. Let's give this tree some more time. It can still bear fruit. It can still bear fruit. So ladies and gentlemen, in the kingdom of God, we have responsibilities. Our responsibility is to bear fruit. And you don't bear fruit by just being there. There are the things that you must do. There is how you must set yourself up in alignment with the laws and the precepts of the kingdom to ensure that your life is truly fruit-bearing. Ultimately, this is not a set of rules. It is not a set of laws that you, know, you must observe. It's basically a relationship with Jesus. It's a relationship with the master. And one of the easiest ways to ensure this relationship, as a matter of fact, the only way to ensure this relationship is to do what he asks you to do. As a business owner, if they ask you to do something and you're not doing it, your God cannot like you. Hello? So Jesus Christ, after all his 33 years, died and still came back for extra 40 days. <laughs> eh? And on the final day, he has the opportunity to say one last thing. And he says, you and I should go and make disciples. Let me tell you, the secret of our multiplication, the secret of our abundance is in discipleship making. Because as you, as you lead disciples, you want to lead them to be fruitful. If you are not fruitful yourself, you cannot lead someone else to be fruitful. Hello? If you are not fruitful yourself. So, because of the responsibility of discipleship, leading others to live a fruitful life, you will know that a demand is placed on your own life to be fruitful. And this is a big opportunity for you and I. What God has called us into it is not
This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.